Let's get, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Ken Turner, uh, President and CEO of the Life Science Department of Massachusetts. Uh, are you literally the first black person to hold this position? Oh, no. In fact, uh, so uh, the center has been around since 2008. Uh, it was launched under the Patrick administration in concert with support from, very strong support from Beacon Hill and, uh, and was given a billion dollars over 10 years with a mission to make Massachusetts the preeminent ecosystem in the life sciences space. Mm -hmm. The first president, well, I was an African-American woman. Wow. Uh, Susan Bannister. Okay. And Susan served for a number of years. Uh, and then in the reauthorization in 2018, under the Baker Polito administration, again, holding hands with our partners in the legislature, we were given another $623 million, again, to invest in the ecosystem to ensure our preeminence in life sciences. Uh, and so uh, the second president was appointed by the board, and he's an African-American uh, gentleman, uh, wow. Travis. Um, and so um, Travis left uh, after, I think, I think he did maybe a three-year, four-year stint as the president and CEO of the Life Sciences Center. Uh, and we're an authority, by the way, not an agency. And I'm, you know, I can explain the difference if yeah. it matters. But, uh, and then the board uh, conducted a, a, a nationwide search and uh, after over um, 120 some odd, I think 30 some odd candidates, um, uh, they asked me to take the role in uh, October of last year and I assumed uh, the helm in uh, mid-December. Wow. Well, first of all, congratulations. So I'm the third African-American to have this job. That is amazing. And that's it is. impressive. It actually is. Right. I'm like, okay, Massachusetts, you might not be too Big. bad. <laughs> I don't think we do a great job of telling our story. Yeah. Uh, Which, but as a marketer by training, exactly. we're, we're going to fix that. I, I love it, man. So you have a special connection to this area uh, based on the building that we're sitting yes, in. Yes, that's correct. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Where, where we're sitting at, yes. just so everybody knows, is the Berkshire Innovation Center in the middle of Berkshire County in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Uh, I remember when they talked about announcing this, people were trying to figure out when the hell they're going to get it done, yeah, if it's yeah. going to get done. Yeah. And lo and behold, we're looking at the man that kind of helped us get it done. So well, I didn't help it. I, in fairness, I, I actually did not help to get it done because it was before my tenure. Right. But that said, uh, the BIC, uh, or the Berkshire Innovation Center, uh, is in large part um, uh, here directly because of a grant that was given from the center under, uh, I believe, Travis, well, oh, okay. under Travis' leadership. Uh, and it was a $12 million, uh, wow. uh, $12 million excuse me, uh, grant that, in effect, uh, built the BIC. And so this is a great example of what I call regionalization. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, one of the things I really want to work on uh, while I'm at the center, which is how do we take the success of the life sciences ecosystem in our industry, which is so incredibly robust and on fire, even during the pandemic and maybe even because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, it just emphasizes the, important of, uh, the importance of science and the life sciences. But how do we take that beyond the Boston, Cambridge area and spread that out more evenly across the straight state? How do we do that? Uh, how do we share that success in Lowell? How do we share that success in Lawrence or mm -hmm. New Bedford, Springfield or Worcester, or even all the way out here to the Berkshires, to Pittsfield and Lee. And yeah. so one of the things I really want to work on with my team and my board is what I'm calling right now regionalization. We've got to take that success of our industry and spread it out across the state. And in doing so, we lift all boats because now we provide incredibly good paying, solidly middle class to upper middle class jobs to people who look like you and like me. 
And that's what I was going to talk about because, like, your platform as an authority, and let's and let's talk about the difference between the agency and department, and because I think people should know that. Yeah, and yeah. That would be good yeah most people don't. So. Right. Yeah. So, and I get it because it's almost inside pocket pool in right. government, right? Right. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't say that, but uh, <laughs> but I did. And anybody who knows me know I say what I mean and mean what I say. I shoot straight. I'm an old submariner. I love it. I don't tolerate, you know. You know what? I got you. I, I call them as I see them. I love it. I love that, man. So, um, but yeah, uh, and, and, and talk about your uh, agenda and our platform, sure. which is, a, one is regionalization, and I yep. imagine mm-hmm. it's diversity, equity, inclusion. It is. Um, and, I uh, served for seven years as the director of diversity, equity, and inclusion for the Port Authority before coming to this role. So it's embedded in my DNA. It's it's it's, it's ingrained in my head. Now, obviously, as a black naval officer, as a black uh, uh, executive in the private sector, uh, and as a black executive in government, it's always been resident. But having actually done the job for the last seven years and uh, was fortunate enough to lead a team that formed what's now called the Massport model, which Ooh. is an innovation in diversity, equity, inclusion in the in the business space, specifically as it applies to commercial real estate, which is now taught as a case study at the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard and at Harvard Business School. So if we can achieve that level of innovation and diversity business practices, then I say to myself, surely we can achieve the same in the life sciences. And so I intend to bring that level of energy uh, and attention because it is about intentionality uh, around everything we do at the center, every decision that we make, every grant that we make, every Every initiative that we launch, all of our programming will have a DNI lens overlaid. Yeah, I think that's really cool because um, usually, in terms of what is statistics that hold for like blacks in the life sciences and things like that, and yeah. how and, yeah. when, uh, and have you looked at that? And when you saw that, what came out of that? No, you know, I don't have the exact number, right, but, yeah, oh, yeah. but 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 you'd have to be Ray Charles to not see it, right? right? <laughs> when I go to Kendall Square, how many people look like you? Right, how many people look right, like me? Right. When I'm out touring uh, companies, whether an incubator, whether it's early stage, whether it's uh, an established company, or whether it's a global forum, I don't care what company I'm 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 visiting as a you know as 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 the head of the science center. All you do is look around, look at the executives who are giving me the tour, look at the folks that I see as I'm going through the labs, look at the people that even I see on the administrative end, whether we're talking about the marketing people or the right. government affairs people or communications yeah. people. Uh, it doesn't matter. The reality is. The, the the we lack diversity and we need to do a better job and by God we can do a better job and I'm going to insist that we do a better job. Uh, I I I'm really excited about you being uh, in that position. Um, also, apparently, um, we have shared some regional kids from yeah. Kansas City working yeah. at Hallmark. And, I missed the barbecue. I know which was your I, mine was Gates, but what was your favorite? Oh my where, God! Where was, oh, where, 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 where John, was you Arthur Bryant's John? What was your favorite? LC's. My, fav- my favorite was Haywoods. Haywards. Yeah, Haywards was my really? favorite. Really? I, I, actually, lived, over I actually lived down the street from... Okay, <laughs> so, so, okay so you love this story? But I loved Haywards. I just thought I just thought Bryant's was over overrated. Uh-huh. I even thought, I mean, I would eat Gates, yeah. but I thought it was overrated. But I really, really, really thought that Hayward had... I mean, that was just fantastic. The Haywards family's a good friend of mine. I know Greta, the daughter, we, she went yeah. to KSA, I went to KU, yeah, yeah. and all of that. So, wow. Okay, yeah. so yeah. That's I like do really miss the barbecue. Home. You have to miss the barbecue I do miss the barbecue. from there. So wh- now that you're in Massachusetts yep. and this is a, a mandate for life sciences, yep. what do you think about life sciences and innovation in rural communities? And what do what do you see that 
how your department can continue to help rural communities yeah, thank you for like that. this area. No, no, uh, thank you for that, John. And, 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 look, this is one of the most important things I think that I can do uh, and that the center can do. I talked about regionalization, right? That's one of the strategies that I'm going to double down and really need mm-hmm. to try to figure out how do we take the secret sauce of the Boston-Cambridge area, which is R&D, mm-hmm. right? Let's be honest about what's going on. That's here. so true. You've got, you know, say 11 of the top 15 global farmers represented here in the state, and they're going to be in that Boston-Cambridge cluster. And that's where the R&D and the research is done. You know, when you look at, you know, innovative uh, therapies uh, like uh, the RNA work that uh, Moderna did, Mm -hmm. right? By the way, also financed and helped uh, by a grant from the Science Center and when it was an early stage company, which most people don't know. About. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you know, long before people even knew what our DNA was. So mm-hmm. that's the, that's the magic of this authority gotcha. is that we look to help those companies, those research, uh, uh, uh entities, uh, go from their traditional R and D to translational research to proof of concept to, uh, their commercial trials to commercialization. So we help them bridge that entire product development flow, right? That's what we do. Uh, and we do it well. And that's why we now, by any metric you could look at, right, uh, are the preeminent ecosystem when it comes to life sciences, not just in the United States, but literally in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think the key uh, to maintaining that number one status, because you ain't got anywhere to go but down, yeah, right? right? Is that we've now got to look at where are the areas where it's what I'm calling uneven success. Mm-hmm. Because when I say we're successful, that's that's a that's a macro view of the world. So let's be more discreet in terms of what we're looking at metric by metric. And if I look at biomanufacturing, we're not winning there. Mm-hmm. We're not winning there. Let's just be honest about it. You know, places like uh, Pennsylvania, uh, North Carolina, or Maryland, or even Texas, you know, in many cases are winning over companies that are going there because labor is cheap, land is cheap. They're willing to throw, you know, piles of money at the company to, 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 you know, to get them to locate their manufacturing facilities there. But I would posit that if we, which is in effect the intellectual life science ecosystem on the planet, right? Because our number one resource is not oil like Texas. It's not corn like Iowa, our number one resources is our intellectual prowess of our workforce. We have the smartest, hardest working people in the United States. We have more life science uh, uh, degrees here in the Commonwealth than anywhere else in the nation. We have more advanced degrees and more PhDs than any other state in in, in the United States. So our capital is our workforce. And we've and we have very smartly under the Patrick administration and the and the Baker Polito administration harnessed that into the life sciences, uh-huh. right? And so the key is now, how do we take the really sophisticated work that's being done in R and D, like a Moderna, uh-huh. and make sure that not only are they doing the R and D here, but they're actually doing the manufacturing here. Uh-huh. That's the key. And by the way, that's where the rural and central mass communities come in. And now gateway cities come in, in in my thinking around the strategy. You get outside of the Boston-Cambridge area, and then suddenly you're not quite so worried about the cost of a home. You're not quite so worried about congestion. You're not quite so worried about stable and affordable and predictable mass transit. Not when you're looking at Lowell. Not when you're looking at Gloucester. Not when you're looking at New Bedford or Springfield 
or Pittsville or Worcester. Yeah. And so we can build our manufacturing plants there and actually produce the what's called large molecule science, which, by the way, takes very specialized technicians to do that. And I would argue that we can produce those technicians here in the Commonwealth probably better than anyone else, but we have to be focused and intentional about it. And so, by God, I am going to double down and drive on that under my tenure to make sure that we solidify our leadership place in the life sciences for decades to come. That's really cool, man, because, like, you know, where, where my mind goes with this is that one, which is our top economic organization, uh, put out a Berkshire blueprint on, like, different clusters that they wanted to give a yeah. blueprint and invest in for, uh, that would help uh, Berkshire County thrive. One was advanced manufacturing, yeah. which I would see yeah. that would fall under the yeah. life science scenario. I think what most people are having problems with uh, is, in fact, how are you going to train that workforce, right? Because that that's, is a the key. Big, that's a big no, issue. Th no, that and is the issue. That is that the issue. issue. That is the issue. And also, how am I going to train these people? And additionally, um, I know you said Boston, Massachusetts is, yep. is good in, in, yep. in R&D, but they're also good at taking the R&D and the product and actually having venture capital investment funding That's correct. for that as That's a correct. full ecosystem. That's correct. Like as a life science department and what you're seeing now in terms of rural communities yep. and connecting this yep. to one Berkshire blueprint, yep. like in terms of the educational piece, uh, what are some of the innovations or new ways yeah, or sure. ways that you were thinking about yeah. it as you're, as you yeah, take well, this job. I, I caveated with this lens, which mm -hmm. is, um, uh, we leaned in early on in my tenure and partnered with KPMG to build out a strategic framework for the center so that I have a roadmap, a chart, if you will, mm -hmm. as a sailor, in which to steer the ship over the next three to four years under my tenure. Right. And so we're going to be, articulating that strategy more broadly just this coming week, A, with my board, so I don't want to get out ahead of my skis, uh, <laughs> and with my uh, internal partners within the administration in housing and economic development uh, and the executive office of administration and finance, for example, because they both co-chair my board. Right. So that's happening literally next week. Wow. So once that's done, then I intend to take that strategy on a roadshow and articulate it broadly and be an evangelist for it. I want to go to Mass Bio. I want to go to Mass Medic. I want to go to the Boston Chamber. Gotcha. We go to Boston Globe. We want to go to BBJ, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And right? you do the same and, kind and of so networking I'll, within I'll rural do, communities. Yep, with yep, those and I'll talk about that strategy. That's awesome. But, but, here's, but, but here's what I would tease out and preview uh, ahead of that, which is to say regionalization is part of that. Right. Workforce development is part of that. Right. Convening is part of that. And innovation is part of that. Absolutely. And getting our story and our branding correct is part of that. So all of those are key areas that I'm going to be pressing the button on. Uh, and so when I think about how you get VCs excited about Springfield or Worcester or Pittsville, then I think it's all about we serve up the right opportunities so that these companies can be excited. But again, we have to be intentional. We have to build a relationship with the VC community, right? From right. my, from, you know, you know, from my vantage point, so that there is a symbiotic relationship between government and the VC community. Then we bring to them opportunities mm. that erstwhile they may not have looked at. Simply because it's not in their wheelhouse. Right. I mean, if you look at how, you know, if you look at where most of our research dollars go in the Commonwealth, it's three places. And I'm not knocking it. I'm just telling you what the facts are. Right. The facts are it's oncology. Mm -hmm. It's neuroscience. 
and then it's diabetes, and then it's like an abysmal cliff, mm. and then it's everything else. So you're taking it up, you can't fix what you can't see. So and so we need it, to right. lift up yeah. that good work in science right. in areas that erstwhile they wouldn't look at because they're too focused on oncology, neuroscience, and diabetes. Yeah. So first of all, I think that's a great strategy. I'm really excited about your, uh, your 10 years leadership uh, of the Life Science Authority. Uh, and uh, I guess I'm going to just round out with the last question because we're going to talk about like a little bit, a preview of your speech, man, that you're going to talk about. And I know it centers around supplier diversity and some of the work that you did. Why is that important to you yeah. and how are you going to incorporate it into your yeah. tenure? And well, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I came to uh, the Massachusetts Board Authority, uh, if memory serves, in the summer of 2013, having uh, previously served for two years, which was my first stint in government. Uh, as the Deputy Secretary and CFO for Veterans Services under the Patrick administration. I had the pleasure of serving under Secretary Coleman Nee, and we are terrifically good friends to this day as a result of that. Um, and so when I came to that work, um, I didn't have a background in d and i I'm a marketer. I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a general manager. Uh, I was, I think, you know, fairly deep background in, in, uh, in uh, trade marketing uh, as well, uh, in strategy. Mm. But I was not a DEI practitioner. And so I came to it with the thinking that I wanted to think about how business, right? How making money, right? right. Which, in the end, gets everybody's attention. How can we make a difference there? Why? Because, one... Uh, making money is where folks focus. And two, it was an opportunity in my head to drive economic empowerment within the black and brown communities. And I found out very early in my tenure that there had not been a significant investment in commercial real estate in the city of Boston in any of those billion dollar, billion dollar, uh, 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 projects going up and around the city. Cause anywhere you went, all you see is cranes, even to this mm -hmm. day. And those projects are huge projects. There are $500 million here, $800 million there, being in half there, et cetera, et cetera. They're all white for the last 50 years, for the last 50 years. And by God, I was determined to do something about it. Yeah. And so we were able to leverage the commercial real estate properties at Massport, mm -hmm. many of which are plots of land in the most desirable neighborhood in Boston, which is the Seaport District. Yeah, well, So yeah. we changed the game. We changed the game by saying, if you want to compete to build uh, one of these commercial real estate projects on Massport land, on one of our parcels, we were going to offer four criteria and four criteria only in the RFP, which is access to capital, viability of the team, design excellence, and diversity, equity, and inclusion, which included a component for equity. In other words, you're not going to just throw crumbs. By God, they're going to be owners of the building. And folks said, oh, my God, you can't do that. You're going to chill the market. The developers are going to sue you. Uh, and I loved my initial response to that, which is, first off, bring it on. And second off, <laughs> last time I checked on the third floor, we got a whole floor full of lawyers. So you bring your lawyers, we'll bring our lawyers, and, and, we'll, and we'll see what we net out. Right. We didn't have one lawsuit. 
Wow. Not one lawsuit. When we did in our Boston. first, we did not have one lawsuit. Well, that's amazing. We had, we had, if I, if memory serves me right, we had well over six or eight uh, competitive bids in that first project, which is the Omni Hotel, which we just did the yeah. cutting on yeah. a week or two ago, right? So right. that hotel is now up and running. Wow. That was an $800 million project that has about 40 independent investors and people who look like you and me. And that's called the Massport model. And we replicated it on parcel uh, two and on parcel eight right before I left. Uh, and there are still two or three more parcels left that I'm sure Tiffany Brown Greer, who is uh, just, just promoted to uh, be director of DNI and compliance for the Port Authority, who was my deputy. I'm sure that Tiffany and, and Lisa, who is the CEO, Lisa Whelan, will continue that right. model. But that model is now taught as a case study at the Kennedy School of Government and at the Harvard Business School. Wow. And so I say that to say this. If you can come to that job with no experience in DNI and then have your work be held up as a national model, which it is, then I think we can do the same in life sciences. Absolutely. Well, Ken Turner, thank you so much. John man. Lewis, thank you. All right. Pleasure. Pleasure. Same here. All right, brother. Man, you are a powerhouse. I love interviewing you, bro. Anytime. <laughs> Happy to do it.